Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? I'm just here. We're uh, going to sit down with one of our, our local celebrities here in Kansas City and, and talk about something we haven't talked about before. Got a Startup Hustle alumni. Yeah, and also someone who regularly gets paid to speak, unlike us. No, who we definitely don't get paid to, to speak. do this for free yeah. a lot. Maybe he can show us the way. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I have been paid to speak before, but not quite as much as as today's guest. With us today, we've got Joel Goldberg, who is a Kansas City Royals broadcaster, a public speaker, and podcast host. Hi, Joel. I'm back again. I'm glad you're back. Repeat a repeat customer. We're trying That's to good. bring up customer. The, yeah, what well, no, uh, no. customer implies you something. That's more like it. <laughs> a repeat offender. I mean, really, for us, it's just an opportunity to be around true professionals and see how this is real. How we're really supposed to run a broadcast media show. It's really funny because I do feel like I know how to do that, but you've got the equipment for it. So, <laughs> give me your equipment and I'll and I'll teach you what I know. Although you guys are doing just fine, we're Tell just we're just posing. We just bought really nice stuff and then we look. Like we know what we're doing, unlike you know today where I you walked in my office and I was like, I'm wrangling technology. Yeah, but like the first 50 episodes of this, we definitely didn't have the nicest equipment. No. It's we not didn't. like, I love those people that are like, I'm going to start a podcast, a, a podcast. Now, hold on. Let me Google all the shit I need to buy. I'm going to spend like $10,000 on the most expensive shit I can find. First and off. And then record my first podcast. First <laughs> off, if you really want, and it's not going to sound as good, you can do this with your phone. Yeah, I, I mean, this is obviously an advanced level, and they're they're there's that's the cool thing about podcasting, is you know our kids could do it if they want to. Anybody can do it. It's a matter of what you want to put into it. And but you know, it's actually an interesting point, Matt, what you made, Watson, that the first fifty episodes. I feel the same way about my first fifty episodes on my podcast too. The first fifty of anything you do are never as good as the next fifty. I mean, it's it's all part of the learning process. And well, some of that goes with public speaking which is what we're going to talk about today now i don't think a lot of people know this but you have built quite a robust public speaking business to go alongside your other stuff the other stuff yeah yeah you know is that because you only work seven months out of the year in in some ways yes i mean like when you guys say that that (laughs) well you know he's speaking and you know we're not well that's because you guys are working 12 months a year and i'm working six months a year i want to i'm trying to figure that out you know, look, the six months that I'm working is seven days a week. I was going to say, I, I don't know if I've described you. I don't know if I describe it as working as much as being a road warrior for seven months. Yeah, it's no, all yeah. The, well, I, that's the brutal who's gonna part. Win, about who's going to win the road, the road warrior? Yeah, who's going to win the road warrior title? Mine, mine's a charter that goes, you know, one to three hours. Yours is, your, yours is overseas and all the way. Yeah, over there. but some of that's by choice. Some of it's yeah. by choice. I understand that, but look, we I say that we all work hard. It might come in different ways or different types of hours. I mean, I, I always said that I, I'm working a year's schedule in six months. So it's just condensed into that six months. And then what do you want to do with the other six months? And and so the speaking business kind of popped up somewhat accidentally. And, and I've really thrown all of my off seasons and in season two. I'm sitting in a hotel room on the road during the during the morning and, and early afternoon before a game. And I'm I'm working on this business. And so... I do have the ability to work on this side hustle because I have all that extra time. Um, but it's also something that is kind of be, it's become a passion of mine. And it's, it's really, if you called it a robust business, I don't know that it's there yet or not, but it's something that I'm focusing on every day. Now. All right. I talk to a lot of people who say they're like, Oh yeah, I want to do public speaking. I want to get paid. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's a lot harder than people think oh, it is. I mean, that's first off, Finding people to pay you to come give a speech is tough because there's a lot of people that will come do it for free. Mm-hmm. There's that part. And then you got to get in front of the right people. You got to have something to say. You got to kind of, you talked about, we talked about the first 50 episodes of the podcast or, you know, the first 10 or whatever. Like they say with software and startups, if you don't look back at your first release with absolute terror, then you hung on to it too long. Mm-hmm. But the same thing goes with public speaking. So at what point did you 
decide to give some of this a shot? So I'll, I'll back up to, to the beginning, and this did happen by accident. And for as long as I've been in TV, which is now 25 years, but this all came about a few years ago, so 22 years in the TV, and I, I'd been asked to speak at things since I got into it. I mean, I was a 22-year-old broadcaster in a small town in northern Wisconsin, and the local high school is asking me to come out and talk to kids that are four years younger than me about how to become a successful broadcaster. Meanwhile, I'm three weeks into my career. And then over the course of time, it's the Rotary Clubs and the church groups, and you know, it's occasionally uh, uh, somebody say, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks to come out. So I didn't really even know that this was a thing, that this was a business. It was just somebody wants me to come out. I'll come and talk about baseball and my job. And it's a pretty easy speech to do. I mean, so you were kicking around in the minors and you didn't even know it. I didn't know it. And it was just something you do as part of your job. It's outreach to the community. You know, and the speech kind of would go like this. Hey, you know, I'm Joel. Here's where I've been. Here are all my stops. Here's what's going on with the Royals. Any questions? Thanks for coming. And that's 20 minutes and you're done. And I didn't think that that could be a business. And then I was asked three years ago to speak to two different associations. Um, well, one was just a group. It was a, um, a retreat for a bunch of finance guys in the Lake of the Ozarks from St. Louis and Kansas City. It was an off day in the baseball season. I went. Of course, the game the night before went 14 innings and had to leave the house at 6 in the morning. Because um, that's just when, when, when you schedule something that is going to benefit or make you money the next morning. The baseball gods say, that's fine, but we're going to keep you a little bit longer. Are those, are those the games when I intentionally say, man, Joel, this game's going really fast. Had and, I, then, and then it ties yeah. up and goes to 16 innings. Had I known you at that point, I would have heard from you. Maybe. It was probably, you're probably thinking of it, of it anyway. But yeah, so when 14 innings, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get home at one. I got to <laughs> leave You text six. him and tell him, hey, we need money to pitch. Yeah. We're in the 14th <laughs> inning. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a thing in the broadcast. <laughs> well, we talked about that on the first podcast you came in and did with us, and thanks for coming back. But you know, that's like a, that's like a taboo thing to say in the broadcast oh booth. Like if it's going really fast, and you say never guarantee, not just broadcast booth, booth, press box, writers, anybody that yeah. is involved with this being your everyday, we love it. But never, never jinx that. It's a weird thing. So um, I went and did the speech to these finance guys, and it was it was well received. And I got this just this adrenaline as I was driving back, like that. You know, I shared a message about winning culture, and wow, this is awesome. And then a few months later, I got asked by a lawn care and golf course management association to speak. I did the same speech, different group. You got finance guys and shirts and ties. You got the lawn care and golf course management folks that are in. You know, a lot of them showing up in in belt buckles and cowboy hats. And um, and the message was the same. It was a totally different group, and it was received the same way. And then I had a, a couple of friends of mine locally that said, as people do often in the offseason, hey, what are, you, what are you actually doing in the offseason? Oh, not much. I spoke to a couple of groups, and they said to me, you know, you could actually start a business. And I said, really? And they looked at me like, what's wrong with you? But what I tell people all the time is in our world – and we work as hard as anyone else, but we're we're getting paid to talk about baseball. We're we're in a little bit of a fantasy land. And for those of us that have never been in business, we've never thought outside of, you know, your season ends and it's, well, what other sport do you want to do? What else can you do? And that's what I was always doing, dabbling in a little of this and a little of that. And you do some of that too. You work I, for the Mavericks. I the, do. Yeah. And and I love that. But that was all I had. And I was traveling around the country doing a random college hockey game here, or a small basketball game there. And that, that's fine. But when you got family and all that, it you know, certainly it, it it was fun, but it was time away without a whole lot of reward for it, I guess. And then I start this business. I've never had a business in my life. And now the last three years, it's just been building this piece by piece. And what I've kind of learned along with many other things, and I've invested a lot in it, it's all like anything else, all about people. It's all about building relationships and connections and, and adding value to companies or people's lives. And um, I didn't know that when I started. I truly started this side hustle as, hey, here's a chance to make a little extra money. Hmm, it's a chance to make it a little more than an extra money. And then what I realized along the way was I, th I think I'm good at it, but I have a passion for it. I have numerous messages to share, and I'm understanding that I have the ability to get in front of companies, associations, and people and make an impact in their lives, and there's value to that. Well, speaking of value, you can go to joelgoldbergmedia.com and have Joel come provide value in person. And I should also, before we get to the 40th minute, like we did the other day when we were recording, mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. 
you should do yeah better to do that earlier this is you why again this is why minutes. we have to have professionals like you come in because <laughs> yeah, i'm, I'm here wearing uh not even wearing a full scale shirt for my audio program that i'm right. performing and matt is wearing a parka it's cold in here well that's because we went to the chiefs game yesterday where and, it was like zero degrees and watson's still cold yeah so it, as you are doing the speaking now mm-hmm. are you still speaking primarily about baseball related things or have you yes. kind of branched out to well, do a lot of other topics yes and no uh, so and this is one of the challenges for me too being a baseball guy certainly in kansas city in the region gets me into a lot of doors which is great but then I've got to convince people that I'm not coming and showing up just to talk about what happened in last night's game or what the predictions for next year are. Uh, sometimes that'll come up in Q&A, but I, I've never in any of these speeches ever broken down baseball strategy. What I have figured out is there are so many lessons in sports and certainly baseball because baseball's every day for six months that apply to really any business. Any business, unless you're working for yourself, any business is going to have a team. Every business is going to have roles, defined roles. Every business is, is going to want a culture. They're and all so, trying to hit a home run. And they're all trying to hit a home run or, thank you for that, but or or, or sometimes just the singles. And, I was going to yeah. say the singles would probably go a little further all, in the beginning. Well, all of it. But but so what I've done is I've taken all of these lessons. And I always thought in the back of my head, boy, I've been doing this a long time. And maybe I'll write a book one day. And um gosh, I've got all these stories. What am I going to do with them? And then I came to realize that with effective storytelling, and one of the best pieces of advice I got when I started this business from another speaker was don't tell stories for the sake of telling stories. You know, there are a lot of famous former athletes that can go and just entertain you with stories and, and they're going to get paid a lot of money to do that. I'm not that guy. So I have to provide value. And so in telling these stories that I tell, they're, they're very, I'm very deliberate and methodical with picking those stories they all have a purpose and so i've almost flipped it upside down this is the advice i got figure out what your message is and then tell the stories that back up that message and people can remember those stories and so when i walk out and so one of the speeches is championship culture um the second speech is about effective networking but then the networking speech evolved into effective communication then a fourth speech came up which was and it's a follow-up to the culture speech what happens when when times are tough? Culture 2.0. How do you how do you maintain that culture when when you're going through a losing streak, so to speak? And so, you know, to answer your question, Matt, what I've seen over the last three years is one, there are new stories every day in baseball. And some of them, by the way, are subtle. For instance, I'll give you this example. Hunter Dozier, who had a breakout year for the Royals this year. And I expect when I get in front of an audience that there's a good chance that no one's gonna know who Hunter Dozier is. So I have to explain that he's a first-round draft pick. He came about a little bit later. And here he is. He's starting the season, and his his numbers are terrible. And he says to me that I'm looking up at the scoreboard, and these big, huge scoreboards in Major League Baseball, those, those numbers are staring you in the face. Man, I'm only hitting 190 right now. What is wrong with me? And so there's a message here which applies to business of trusting the process, not panicking, not changing the way you're doing things if you believe that you're doing things the right way, not taking shortcuts, so Hunter Dozier, when every game is over, he goes back to his locker and has an Excel sheet that that he measures his success by not just the numbers that are on the board, but you know what? I hit the ball hard. So that might have been an out this time, but eventually that's going to correct itself. I saw this amount of pitches, and he gives himself credit for um, you know moments that may not reflect in in the traditional stats. And it's a way for him to say, hey, my process is okay. Just stick with it. Trust me. Making it. progress. I'm making progress. Don't don't panic. There are so many messages every day in baseball that are relatable. And so that's kind of how I crafted these speeches. And then the cool part about it is there's new stuff that comes up every day. And then I started a podcast. And so, you know, each of you have been guests on my podcast. And they're messages that come from from successful people in business that are I, I've done I did one thing in a speech at one point where I I ran a soundbite of a CEO of a big company and then I ran a soundbite of the manager of the Royals and they were saying almost the identical thing it's like close your eyes and this could be the manager of the Royals close your eyes this could be the CEO of this company there are a lot of similarities here so and you know the topic today being paid public speaking 
And once again, that's hard. It is hard. Um, I, have you been, Matt, have you been paid to actually? I've never been paid, but the other side of public speaking is using it as a marketing channel, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at, it's different at, for you guys. At Stackify, I could use it and I could go to developer conferences every week and speak and use that just to promote my brand right. and promote my company. To which sell is my a product. form of getting paid. Which which is different be. where you're trying to sell your yourself and the message, right? You're not selling a product. You're you're not out there. I am the product. You are the product. You're not trying to get exposure for the Royals or something and sell right. tickets. You're you're trying to sell yourself and the and and, and I what will you're providing. I will say that there have been moments, still are, where I will do a speech that gets me in front of a room of a hundred people that might hire me, and it's less about what the fee is and more about the exposure. And you know, showing people what the product right. is. So that's been interesting too, because I've heard from so many speakers and people in the industry that say, you know, you have to stick to your fees or I'll just take, well, the guys that for the most part say, just take whatever I can get. They're also the ones that are getting paid 20, 25 grand a speech to travel around the world. And when they go back home, it's like, sure, I'll take a few grand. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. But for the most part, I try to stick to my fees. But if I can get in front of a hundred people that are in HR or a hundred meeting planners, they're going to go back and say, you know what? I need to tell them about. So there's there's a, a little bit of a game with that. But I, I would view what you're saying, Matt, about it being a marketing tool. That That's kind of the way I view my podcast. Well, and depending on how you're doing the speaking, you doing the speaking is a marketing tool for whoever booked you potentially, right? No question. Where it's like. If you're doing some kind of big conference, you want to be like, oh, when we have so-and-so coming in to speak and everybody wants to go to see whoever it is speak, right? Like that's part of the draw. There, there's a, there's different ways to approach this too. So in 2017, I got paid five grand to do a keynote. Now with that, I included 250 copies of my book, Balance Me, right. which was, which for, and this was for the fraternity executives of America. And I went all the way, I went to Tampa, spoke to 500 people and <clears throat> they they use the books <clears throat> as like a value add. Mm -hmm. But the thing that they really wanted, it was because the content in that book um, promotes a bunch of different things is I actually, I, I had a speech Now I've given multiple speeches based on that book. But for this particular one, I actually asked them ahead of time. I'm like, you know, what kind of messages are you wanting to reinforce and stuff like that? So I was able to kind of tweak the, the, uh, the content. Now, I think one of the things we talk about is getting the gig. Now that gig kind of found me, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I, my book had come out and I got a message yeah. from someone who'd read it. And, you know, the lady was telling me what was up. And, you know, the thing was, is I looked at it and I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to Tampa, which I had to travel there the day before I had to be there. And then I couldn't get a flight back that same night because they wanted me to come to some thing. I went out on like a cruise ship with a bunch of people. Yeah. And then I went back the next day. So I looked at that. That was a three-day investment mm -hmm. of time. Yeah. And with that, I was away from my family. I did a lot of different things. And it was three days that I, I mean, basically close to two days where I couldn't do anything else. So that's Were, were you drinking those drinks with the little umbrellas in it, though? No, not in Tampa. No? No. Okay. I was just trying to like... Because it didn't sound so rough there for a second. I mean, it, well, no. it, well, it wasn't... It wasn't <laughs> value there. It wasn't rough. I mean, it was it was interesting, but it was still like, you know, we have busy lives. It was still work. Things still going on. Home. I mean, it was, it was fun and it was interesting. But another thing, too, is... It did require some preparation yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. So that's the thing people never think about. Like when I've done these yes. speaking sessions for back when I worked in automotive, I would do mm -hmm. them sometimes or for Stackify, I would do them. Yeah, I mean, you would spend dozens and dozens and dozens of hours making PowerPoint playing. Now, now with, like, with that, I had spent some time around that. And I, I thought about trying to pursue what you're doing, Joel. And then there's like a whole nother marketing you There's know, so like, many layers to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that is because how do you get in front of the people that will potentially hire you? So how did you do that? The the very simple foundations, no, nothing simple, but it, it begins with networking. It begin, and, and when I say networking, I don't mean necessarily going to a happy hour or, or an event. Certainly, there have been plenty of those. But I mean just making connections and it's almost what I would call like a family tree. You know, you meet one person, hopefully a really great networker in town, and they introduce you to five more and they introduce you to five more. And you don't go into any of those, at least in my case, saying, 
hey, will you hire me? I, I've, I've never said that. Just go in there and, and, and tell them your story, learn about them, and see where it goes. And and you can tell pretty quickly in a conversation, you know, I don't know if this is going to go a whole lot further or not, but if you trust the people in your network, and some you're going to trust more than others, they almost always connect you with good people. And 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 some of those may not lead to anything. Some of them may lead to something in five years from now. You don't know. And so I, I will say that in the last almost three years of doing this now, I have met hundreds and hundreds of people. I'll use you two as an example. We may never have met. Maybe we would have. Matt, you reached out to me with the with the sweet and greet. Um, but I was starting to, to dabble in the circle a little bit. And so suddenly you introduced me to other people. And I have you guys on the podcast and on and on. And it just all kind of works. And I, you know, one of the things early that I, I think I struggled with as I was meeting with all these people and I was trying to just take in as much information as I could learn. I mean, I don't have any business background or business degrees, but what I did find was common to the life that I've lived professionally for, you know, almost a quarter of a century now is it's still that people say, Oh, you interview baseball players. You're in baseball. You're a broadcaster. How cool is that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm in the people business. If, if I'm not building relationships with those players and I don't mean building relationships like, Hey, let's go hang out. Those guys are half my age. I don't need to hang out with them. Uh, our circles will cross sometimes on the road, and you, you you buy a guy a drink or vice versa. But for the most part, I'm building trust with those guys and relationships. And you know, how can I add value and, and and vice versa? It's the same thing with with what I'm doing in the speaking world, and it just starts feeding off each other. And 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 then you get the opportunity, and you got to prove yourself. But I, I think that answers it. I mean, it it all started with building a networking foundation. Yep. Not, I would think the the best thing is somebody that hears you speak and then they're like, hey, we, no need, question. To have, we need to have yeah. him come speak for us for this thing. It's so much easier for somebody else to sell you than to sell yeah. yourself. And, and I people would, probably don't even know you do speaking. Well, and it's a great point because hopefully now many more because DeCourcy tells me all the time about how many people are listening to this podcast. So this is this is good. Millions. Millions. Right. It's gone up from the millions. Now. Well, one of the right. things that you should do if you don't do this is maybe, um, you know, take video of your yeah. of your speaking and release snippets of it. Like every week, it's like, oh, it's a little, my well, one so, minute some message. Some places that are going to pay you require that. Well, that way you're just that. constantly kind of yeah. dripping out there like, hey, I do this. I do this thing. I do this thing. And, and on top of it, now you mentioned networking as one way to get gigs. That's now, the start. Now, there are marketplaces that mm -hmm. basically you can put yourself into that say, hey, this is what I do. This is the topic that I discuss. And they have little, little tags, including your appearance fee and stuff like that. Now, that doesn't, you know, there's a few of them. And you what can about your demands? Like green M&Ms? Well, that comes 73 seven. and a half degrees. Yes. The, the problem, thermometer. the problem that yes. I was having with booking more oh, did, oh, gigs was, was the file size of all my demands was so large. Oh, Most people didn't want to wait out the download. True, yeah. But no, there was so some of these things. Yeah, we'll I mean, move on to Goldberg. Forget about the Corsi. <laughs> yeah, you can. He's like, yeah, he's just wants. You know, he says a couple, a couple waters, good. Um, but no, the uh, these some of these marketplaces, I was really surprised at like the kind of people that you could find in there, and then some of them, you know, like I mean, talking like getting a hundred thousand bucks plus uh, a speech. And now some people would look at that and like my wife, when I was talking to her about some of this, she's like, who would pay that? I'm, you'd be shocked. Well, if your name yeah. says, you know, Tony Robbins or, uh, you know, Colin Powell or well, these big, George Bush, these, these big corporate events where well, they bring yeah. in, they bring in a, you know, a Dude, thousand if, of their top if, managers for a fortune 500 company. They and they it. want, I mean, if, now here's the thing is like, if you're if they pay twenty five grand for a keynote, that's two hundred fifty bucks a person. Well, it's, it's not a huge investment if the, those people leave with something valuable that comes from it. But you also have to show up to that ready to go. You got well, it's like the Kansas City Developer Conference. If they got Linus Trevallis to show up, who's the inventor of Linux, you know, to speak, like you'd have lots of people that would line up. The investor of Linux is named Linus. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, people would kill each other to show up and listen to them, sure. right? So we, 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 we could have probably also invited like Travis Wright to come in here and he's someone who, yeah, like Travis is in the business of being Travis right. in a lot of ways. And, you know, because of his podcast, bad crypto, um, he's become a very well-known person. People pay him to speak. Yeah. And do different appearances and stuff like that at, at conventions and stuff that are related to it. And I mean, there's a, you know, but the thing is, is like, you got to get out there and, yeah. and that's the thing you got to the personal networking and then some other stuff. Now, 
Um, did we ever publish the website that we built you? Has that happened yet? Or will it soon? Someday? It might as we're talking right now. I was told that it might be going live today. There you go. So yeah, I mean, I had a starter website and, and now full scale is is taking it to a much higher level than starter. I mean, it's like anything else when you begin something and, and you guys both have started companies and, and what it is today isn't what it was when you started. And and that's okay, right? I mean, I, I think that, that we all sometimes tend to look at the end result or where we want to be and forget about the whole journey along the way. And so, you know, what I know today versus what I knew three years ago is worlds ahead. And I feel like I've, I'm just scratching the surface. And well, so and it, some, some it, of that was the presentation and that was just me saying, Hey man, like, how about we use a little bit of our spare time? Let's tune up your site for yeah. you and a few things. But that, that online presence is important because people want to see that you're serious about being what in whatever business that you're saying you're in. Well, these are all of the challenges. And I know everyone listening can relate to this. These are all of the challenges of an entrepreneur. I never knew that I was an entrepreneur. I guess I never was, but there's something to do every single day and you've got to figure out what it is. The website's got to be better. The marketing's got to be better. Uh, Matt Watson, you mentioned um, video snippets. We need to do more video. Um, we need to, you know, we need to keep working on the branding. We need to be able to keep networking. We need to be able to on and on and on, right? I mean, it's, it's all of that. And so you do have to figure out and pick what you want to work on. I, I refer to it as, as building capabilities, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you, you have to figure out, okay, we get good at this. And now it's like, now we have that capability. Now we can go build another capability, right? It's like, like with our podcast, we didn't used to do video. We didn't used to have a wonderful Breland in here taking photos right Jeez. now. And we didn't have TikTok, and we didn't have we didn't startup have, hustle or Lego Voltron. We didn't like, so, you know, we build these capabilities. I have Lego Voltron. No and one's letting it, them talk eventually you get good at these things and you can add an additional piece, right? But you can't do all of them the first day. You it's can, just too much. Or the first week or the first yeah. month. I mean, it's just, it's a process. And so. And the same with business, like any kind of, any kind of business, you, you can't do all of these things at one time. So I, the, the one thing that you can keep doing every single day, depending on your type of business is you can keep connecting with people and keep networking. And I think that, that where that evolves to over, over the years or has for me is, is meeting the right people. And when you're starting out, you, you know, you're kind of doing it a little bit blindly. And then you start sort of figuring out, you know, who you need to meet and, and the right people. And again, who you need to meet doesn't mean who's going to hire me. It just, you know, where can I provide value? Where can I learn? Where can I make some effective connections? And, and, and it just, it just starts all adding well, pieces it's all, to the puzzle. The thing about networking is you meet with people and you don't think necessarily that you can help them or sell them something or they'll be a customer or whatever, but they might know somebody who will, right? Like somebody listens to you speak and three weeks later, they're having a drinks with somebody else who's trying to figure out who do we book to come do our corporate meeting. And you and don't speak. know who that is. And you army, don't know who that Army is. of evangelists, baby. Yeah, you build, no your army. build up your army of evangelists. And they're like, ah, oh, Goldberg, you should have him do it. Oh, okay. It's by the way, that's hard to do, it is like, hard. especially like, and Joel, I've been with you and, and places like go meet Joel at some anywhere for lunch. And like 19 people are like, Hey, it's Joel Goldberg. And then of course he's like, he's not that big a deal. I'm like, of course he's right. <laughs> Welcome to the family. You sound like my family. So. But, but it's, but it's the thing is, is like, that's tough because no matter where you go, you have to be on point because if you're having a shitty day, and you let that person know it, they remember that. No question. And it's and, tough. Well, it's and tough. That, that's my attitude when I go to the grocery store. I mean, you got to keep yeah. your head up because, you know, somebody recognizes you and all they want to do is talk Royals for people aren't going to stop you to talk Royals for 20 minutes for the most part. They just want to say, hey, how about that new hire? Hey, how about that new move? Hey, what are we going to do this offseason? Hey, love your whatever. And and that 30 seconds goes a long way. I mean, it, yeah. it does. You never know who's looking, who's who's watching. Somebody always is, though. And but those are those people, while they might, you I mean, like you said, Matt, they work somewhere that, you know, one of them is on a committee somewhere that decides who the speaker is going to be at the okay. company retreat or whatever. And you're like, I met Joel Goldberg and he seemed really nice. Let's go to joelgoldbergmedia.com and get a hold of Joel. 
And and that's do you like, do you like what I did? No, there? So when good. you walk around the grocery store, are you like, yeah, the world's gonna be great next year. And by the way, I do speaking. Here's my card. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> but you know, I, but I do. some of that wouldn't hurt. No, like, but I do because you're Joel Goldberg, and people know you here in Kansas City. But if I want to start my speaking business, people might not know that about me. Well, that helped me get in the door. What what I say all the time is that I was lucky enough because of the exposure that I've had in baseball. I was lucky enough to not have to start on the ground level. You know, maybe I was starting on the fifth floor because enough people watch. But my whole thing is that just because I'm starting on the fifth floor doesn't mean I'm not going to still focus on the foundation, which back to what I said was the networking. It's still all about relationships. It's all about people. It's all about building trust. You guys have both been incredibly successful in what you do um, together and individually. And and I, I know that you've it's not just that you guys are smart and, and you've figured some some amazing things out and, and you're providing value for your, your your clients all around the world, but you, you continue to build relationships and connections. So that that's common that's a common thread no matter what we do. I, I mean, take a look at it from a baseball standpoint for a moment. Uh, Mike Matheny's hired as the new manager of the Royals. The first day that he was hired, from what I was told, he had reached out and was able to get on the phone with 39 of the 40 players that were on the 40-man roster. That's starting to build the relationships from day one. He's not going to show up at spring training in the middle of February when you got six weeks to start getting ready for a season, first introducing himself to people. So there is a networking and a relationship building and a trust factor in what what we all do. One of the things that I've tried to do with that is then take those lessons through stories. doesn't matter if you're a baseball fan or not and pass those on. I'm not telling anybody anything that they've never heard before. I'm doing it through a different lens. So let's let's talk about so you get you've gained credibility through, you know, being a member of the Royals broadcast team. You're like a member of the Kansas City Royals family. A lot of people know you cuz you're constantly getting Gatorade buckets dumped on you, which is probably fun and annoying at the same time yeah that's fair and at the same time now if you're trying to see one dumped on watson right now yeah yeah we can make that happen i'm just saying like looks like he's he's up at lambeau field right now all bundled up and And, and that would be i move quicker by the way the colder it is the quicker I move. and by the way if you want to see if you want to see matt watson bundled up you can go to the startup hustle youtube channel and nice and check it out now you know, with this, you talk about building credibility. Now, I've, I've spent the last three years of my life as I kind of, I went from wanting to be unknown to needing to be known because I went, I reinvented myself, basically. I didn't, at the previous business that I owned and was a part of, I didn't really care. I didn't care if I was networked. I didn't need to be. And I started moving to change my online presence. And this takes time too. Now, here's the thing is if someone's going to pay you to be a public speaker, they're going to Google you. It depends on how much they've heard about you. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But if you don't have a strong everything, when someone Googles you and there's things you can do, like you can, all right, first off, I wrote a couple books that, that was a good start. I mean, a big start. And that's been a platform that I've leaned on. The podcast has helped with a lot of this stuff, but also there are things that you need to, if you want to be a public speaker, you need to get your game together on. You need to have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. that preferably has you speaking to people on it. You need to make sure that, okay, if you aren't going to keep up with like stuff like Twitter, close it, Mm -hmm. close it. And then also do things like become a verified uh, person on Google. Matt has a Wikipedia page. I do. Yeah. And just different things like that. People go and these things start to add up. And it's like, you know, if I put Matt DeCourcy in Google, then I get the little sidebar. It shows my books. It shows a few other things. And then I know people that are actually well-known and they do that. And they're like, yeah, look at this. Joel from Humphreys McGee is like that. He's got like a whole entire sidebar. It's got like albums, books, like all this different stuff. But when you bring it up, these things make an impression and that stuff does matter. And you talk about things not happening overnight. That's part of it. This is all of what I said before, pieces to the puzzle. Some pieces are bigger. Some pieces are smaller. It's a long game. Yep. It, it, it's a long game. And I think that anyone that starts certainly in a speaking business that's expecting it's, it's almost like what I would tell a, a young broadcaster that they all want to come and start as the sideline reporter in the NFL or or, or my job or whatever it is. And, and if you look at, and, and every now and then that happens very rarely though, 
If you look at my TV career, I went from television news in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, town of 7,800 people, making $13,500 a year in 1994. I had to move out of the $300 a month rent apartment because it was too expensive for me. So, uh, and by the way, moved in to share a two bedroom with our director who looked like Garth from Wayne's World. That was 1990. <laughs> so, wait, Joel, you, you weren't immediately successful as a broadcaster okay, and here, a public figure. That just no. didn't happen instantly. Here, I'm shocked. Here were my responsibilities at that TV station. Um, actually, I started in news, then moved into sports but even when i started in news there wasn't a sports opening so I'd, I'd work my day shift doing news and then i'd offer to the sports department to go shoot some high school game and i'd work another three or four hours doing sports because what else was i going to do and it it at least helped me get into there i was i was an anchor i was a reporter i was a writer i was a producer i was an editor i was a cameraman i did all those things and so I'll go from there to madison wisconsin madison wisconsin to st louis st louis to regional sports regional sports to here and and I feel like I found my my ultimate ideal job that I had dreamed of after 15 years in the business, 12, 12 years, 12, 13 years in the business. So that didn't happen overnight. There, there are a lot of similarities to it. And much of that, again, was built on. It's not just who, you know, it's it's earning their trust. It's OK, great. I know Matt Watson. OK, great. I know Matt DeCourcy. That that's good. But if that I don't, ain't going to get you in any doors, I might. But maybe like three. But you, but you have to earn that respect, and, and you certainly have to show who you are as a person and what your abilities are. It goes back, Matt uh, Watson, to what you were saying too. I mean, um, and 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 of course, what you were saying about the army of evangelists. Once you're in that door, you still have to prove yourself, and then and then those people will go and spread that message. But if you're not good and you're not treating people the right way, it's going to stop right there. So since we're on the topic of, of getting paid speaking gigs, I think we should talk a little bit about like negotiating a fee yeah. or if you want one or, and like Matt, you had a very good point earlier. Like you consider, I think it starts with considering a, what am I trying to accomplish mm -hmm. for me? It's also about geography. Like I'll probably come speak to your group in Kansas city for free. Cause I can drive up the street and do it and go home. Like when yep. I'm done and that, that, that for, now, if I have to travel, then it's gonna it's gonna be, right. it's gonna be expensive, but like, just because it's just a trade off for the time. Now, Matt, I've seen you speak, and we've actually done different stuff. Like I moderated a panel at the fun conference that yeah. we were at. Um, yeah. I've seen you speak at, when you won the ma a master's award. I don't know. We get asked to do stuff locally, and I've You're always gonna get asked to locally. I, locally, I haven't ever asked for an appearance fee. Now, if I have to travel to Tampa or something like that, sure. Now, what are some of the things that you consider? And we don't have, I don't want to discuss your fee. Sure. But what are some of the things that you consider that a listener right now might not think about? I think obviously travel is one, the subject matter. Do I have to prepare something all new? Because if I do, that's a whole nother ballgame. Or can I repurpose something that I'm already very from? I don't have to write a speech about entrepreneurship. And that's you right. don't have to write one about being a software developer. No or different stuff like that. So what are your criteria? What are you examining? So there's a few things. And one, let, let's get, let's start with the beginning where when, when you're just starting, you're going to end up having to do events for free yep. or for a very small fee to prove yourself. Meaning, Again, what I was meaning saying. like a hundred bucks, like gas money and lunch. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and everyone will be willing to pay for that, but there's only one way to prove yourself. And again, if you are George Brett, if you're Michael Jordan, if you're whatever it is, they'll just pay you to show up for your name. Yeah, sure. And and everybody will show up at that conference because they want to take a picture or, or whatever it is and be entertained by stories. Most of us don't have that luxury, me included. So you do have to start smaller. Now, now let's say you start to build that up. And what I found, and I will tell you right now, every bit of this business that I've done a lot of which I didn't know a whole lot about. And I, along the way, have hired a marketing manager and she does a lot of my stuff, which is amazing. Um, and she knows the algorithms and all that. You know, okay, I know what I know. I know what I don't know. But the one thing that made me the most uncomfortable was negotiating. I'd never done that before. And and now you're, not only are you negotiating for yourself, but you're, you're negotiating the product, which is you. And that made me uncomfortable. I would have conversations with companies and, and, and people and, and I'd go 30 minutes in this conversation and then put off the whole fee thing and hope that it would just happen on its own. <laughs> yeah, but here's the issue is if you wait to do that, 
like in that 30 minutes up to that, you better be doing nothing other than building the value. That's right. Like when you give a sales presentation, typically the last page should have the price because the stuff you're talking about prior yeah. to that is about building that value that goes with it. So like, for example, you'd say, well, you know, I'll come to you. We have an audio visual presentation. You get 200 copies of my book for whatever. I will stick around and sign those books with your guests. We can, you know, do f photographs right. or something like that. But you have to put some fences and boundaries around this stuff too. Otherwise you might really like, you might spend a whole day there. That's right. And that might be fine like in tampa i was cool with that because i was already there and i don't know anyone else in tampa except for kenny powers <laughs> yeah you need a book to sell uh, right well we're, we're working on that and and we're, we, we are working on that t-shirts coffee well, mugs yeah it all it all stickers but, but see what needs some merch bobbleheads bobbleheads what, right, right. what happens with the book <laughs> baseball bats all of it what happens with the book is is not only is it you know exposure and and branding but now suddenly hey we don't really have that in our budget to to pay your full fees however we have a separate marketing budget and we could purchase x amount of books that's what that's what they so did now in you Tampa. Make it back, right now you make yeah. it back but there and, other... and by the way that was like a three-day negotiation for me so it doesn't always just happen right away mm -hmm. they were like what do you need to come down there i'm like if i need to come down there it's five thousand dollars and she's like i don't know if we have the budget for that and then the next i thought about it and the next day i said hey how about i throw in copies of the book and the i thought this was super clever she found a sponsor for the books that paid 20 bucks a book which was the retail price mm -hmm. on it and there are little weird tan it like tangible hold them in your hand kind of items like that that brought some value and then she ended up being way under budget because someone else paid for the books and then she didn't have to hire a keynote speaker what? good work you're a hero now to her yeah because here's the thing a lot of the people that you're dealing with they they've got a budget and if they've got to go over that budget, they've got to go answer to somebody. Yep. And that's the type of stuff you lose sleep over because you got to come back to the office the next day and talk to your superior about why you need more money. And that's not a conversation you want to have. So, well, unless, can, unless the person speaking is selling tickets at the door that drive a, a larger gate revenue, which in most of the cases, I mean, are, are you ever speaking at things where people pay money to get in? Not a whole lot yet. I mean, no. kind of rare. Right? I mean, companies might be paying to yeah. go to a certain event, but the, whoever you're talking to on the phone has other things to do. They don't want to be tied up with trying to justify why they're overspending on you when you can do them a favor. And that doesn't mean do them a favor. I'll cut you a deal. Okay, I'll do it less. One of the one of the biggest challenges is saying no, not just to a gig, but but to everything. I mean, one of the things for me in doing this now and as my name is has been able to get out there a little bit more in terms of being a speaker is you have every charity every event that hey you know we're we're a nonprofit, we're, and and they're all great causes but you can't say yes to every single one of them it's hard to say no to a good cause and so you have to start picking what what really matters most to you what what touches your heart and then in terms of the fees because i really believe that you can't be all over the place i mean i, I had this happen once well Hey, we heard that you'll go down in fees because I cut it for somebody else, right? So you really do have to be defined and look, I can cut you a 10% discount here because it's down the street, because it's local or whatever it is. You know, we, we signed a package deal and, and you're, you want three speeches for your employees and clients. And so we'll work out a deal. But for the most part, you, you can't just be all over the place. But one thing that I have learned, which is very interesting to me, is not everything has to have value in terms of dollars in terms of money. So you talked about the books, but what if you guys were talking about video snippets and all of that? Um, hey, we can't afford this amount or we can only afford this. Ooh, we're, you know, we're, we're a couple grand off. Hey, do you guys have a photographer? Yeah. Okay. If they could shoot those pictures and give them to me, that would, that would, you know, count for $500 worth of whatever, instead of me hiring somebody, do you guys have a videographer? Yes. Okay. Hey, could you make three recommendations or introductions to people in similar associations in different states um, if you like what you see and suddenly you can build that value back and say you know what i've been able to close the gap so instead of just saying well some money's better than no money you, you do have to have some fee integrity there i think in, in, unless you're just trying to make money and i'll take whatever i can get but if you're trying to run a successful business there has to be a set value to it but do you but do you vary your your fee based on how big the audience is or if it's a nonprofit or a corporate retreat or, yeah. I mean, so is your fee a little different for those 
types of scenarios? Certainly for a nonprofit. I mean, if it's something that, that they have a budget for, and a lot of them do. So the ones that don't have a budget or are looking for free, that's where I'm going to say I'm going to pick an X amount per year, and it's going to be causes that are really important to me. And, and if somebody else wants me and I'm not available or, uh, and I've done too many of them already, I'll pass you on to somebody else. That's value that you can provide too. Like, look, I, this isn't going to work for me, but let me see if I can connect you with somebody yeah. else. And, th- and that makes them feel good. And the Corsi steps in. Uh, and then the Corsi steps in, right. Uh, but in terms of a not... Well, you need a closer? You need yeah. a closer, yeah. Monty. Uh, it, Monty. <laughs> but, you know, to what you're saying, a lot of times that nonprofit will have a budget. And to me, okay, I'll give a discount just because they are a charity. Yeah. So you, you do it that way. Um, in terms of, it, it's tough to sit there and say, I'll charge X amount for this amount of people. Cause now you have to start counting. Yeah. You know? That's not, that's not as common. Most people, the fees, the fee, and they might get, like you said, give a, give a discount for G for region, the region. That's right. And but, then also like the nature of, but the, there are, yeah. there are also bigger events for me. A lot of what I've been hired to do is coming into a company that's having a monthly meeting or they'll create an event because they want their employees. They've heard that this this message will resonate with their employees or they saw it somewhere else. I spoke at so-and-so group at a breakfast and, and a vice president of a bank went back and said, we've got to hire him. Uh, let's create an event for our employees and let's do two more for clients, which is also value they could provide their clients. Um, that's going to be different structure than say some big annual meeting with a huge budget where they've got meeting planners and that type of thing. So not everything is created equal, but I think you try to put things in different buckets, if that makes sense. I've got a couple other tips. One is prior, if you're trying to become a paid public speaker, you need to write all your stuff out. You need to make a one pager about yourself. Yes. Like, and do, and make it look pretty. You're uh, selling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a bio. This is like got your headshot on it. Like, so pick your best glamour shot from eighth grade and put it on there but you got to have all the info about you because here's the thing is once you get the inquiry to do these kind of things you got to be able to send that right over and then also have your agreement ready like have something ready Mm -hmm. and you know i mean be there and like be have it ready to like deliver and like here you go someone inquires make it easy for people to buy yes well i've got a folder full of stuff here's my summary on this speech here's my one pager here's a contract here's a w9 here's a you you, you, got put it, you can put it all in a google drive folder as well that's right and like have you know your little data center that has different stuff it could be and some of that too should be there to help whoever you're speaking to promote you here and like different things that they can use like things that they can use to make I, they shouldn't have to come back and be like hey can we get a picture of your head that so should be in, in there that's right in in my whole folder of stuff that they might want there's a bio there's an intro there's a headshot there's the contract there's a w9 there's a there's a summary and you know some of these associations they they need that summary because they've got to sell it for continued education for whatever field they're in and so they've got to be able to justify the the fees that they're paying and they've got to be able to to you know to to fulfill certain requirements so you learn all that as you go and and then the other thing that I would say, too, is, you know, Matt, you were talking about going out and, you know, it's easy to do a speech on software development. So you've got that speech. All right. I've got my championship culture speech, which which will change with new stories that come up. And who do I like this story better than this story? The framework is always there. But now I've got some company. And this is this is, I think, where you can maybe put yourself ahead of some other starters, some some other um, speakers that are trying to find their way. How can I personalize it to your company? Yep. How can I, especially for a specific company? Right, yeah. uh, it doesn't take a lot of research. It's getting on the phone with that person and just asking some questions. What's what do you what, want to focus on? Are yeah. there is there a message I can help resonate? Are there any struggles you guys are having right yeah. now? What what do you want to accomplish? And then one of the things that I'll do too, you can do it by phone, local, even better to go meet with them. Is hey, I'm going to talk about these topics. For instance, in my championship culture speech, I talk a lot about trust. I've mentioned that word uh, a bunch in here already. I talk about the importance of energetic people, not the loudest people, the positive people. I talk about accountability. I talk about um, the importance of giving to those around you, to passing on what you know. And I'll start asking the the organizer, hey, who's that person here in this company? Because if I can now reference, you know, you guys have someone like that right here. 
Now suddenly you're dotting the I's, you're crossing the T's, and you're making it more personal. You're making it not just about my stories, but you're making it about them. That's true for what all of us do, right? I mean, it's not about us. It's about your clients. It's about their needs. So when you can personalize that and connect those dots, it really goes a long ways. For for the speech I did in Tampa, I sent them an outline and I, um, you know, I asked, I said, you know, are, are there any, are there any things in here that are, that you consider to be key points? Now, for that particular event, they wanted some, so I've got a whole section uh, about the lack of productivity we create in our own lives from like looking at our phone, social media, mm -hmm. like low value activities, playing video games, doing stuff like that. And they really wanted me to highlight that because the people that were there were um, in charge of fratern fraternal organizations with younger people in it. And they wanted that message to resound. Um, so as we kind of uh, not kind of as we close out yet another episode of Startup Hustle, which is brought to you by Fullscale.io and Joel Goldberg Media today. Am I a sponsor? You uh, no, because then I have we'll to bill you. We'll get yeah, we'll bill you. We'll bill yeah. I don't want to be a sponsor. I thought you meant are you sponsored? Because the answer to that is also no. Okay, but um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the things too is when you do actually go out and do some of these events, use the power of the people. Do you ask people to post a picture of you? when you like from your speech, like I did that. And this was three, two or three years ago. And that was before, I mean, before everyone posted everything, it's when people were just beginning to post everything. Mm -hmm. But I had a bunch of tweets and different stuff like that. And LinkedIn is big. Yeah. Nothing and nothing will help promote your message that you're a speaker more than people actually posting pictures. Yeah. And that's just a, that's a simple ask at the end of the, you know, cause I'll always throw up, Hey, if you want to get a hold of me or I can help you in any way. Certainly, if it's for an association, um, please feel free to to let me know what I can do. And that is a simple ask too. At the beginning and or the end, hey, take a pic and and tweet it out. Let everybody know, you know, if you liked it or not. That type and, of thing. And don't leave it up to people to determine what to say. Like, and I know that sounds crazy, but be like, hey, if you know, if you want to take pictures during my presentation, feel free to do it, and make sure you do, hashtag Decorsi is awesome. Or something like that. And like, but if you can get that standard message, it's and like extremely handsome too. Like, yeah. And with a thick, full head of hair, man, hashtag DeCourcy looks younger than he is. So I have a, I have a question. Nobody's ever said that about me. Question for you as yes. we round this out. So, what is your goal for like how obviously you have six or seven months a year, you, mm -hmm. you know, you have your other job. How many speaking sessions are you trying to do? You know, I don't, for those that are listening and trying yeah. to think about like, how do I make money doing this? Am I speaking once a week? Is it once a month? Like how much money can I make? The cool thing about, and I don't, I don't have an answer for you completely, but the nice thing about this is to me, there's no ceiling to it. It could be, it can go as far as, you know, you want it to go if you're willing to put in that, that effort in time. I mean, a lot of what we do, this, this is how far you can go. This thing can go anywhere. I mean, my, most of my focus to this point has been on Kansas City and, and a little bit beyond in this region because I feel like I can get into some doors because there are a lot of Royals fans out there. Now I have to prove myself once I get in there. But I, one of my goals is to start taking, when we talk about six to seven months a year, I am working on this business year round. The one thing I will say is that there's a lot more room for growth in this business than where I'm at in TV. I've probably reached close to my peak in TV and I'm good. I'm happy where I'm at there. I, I love, you know, 12 seasons of doing Royals baseball. I will not allow this speaking business as long as I'm doing the TV to, to keep me from doing my TV job. I might have a speaking opportunity that could be much more lucrative than one day of baseball. And I, I won't, I'm not going to skip the baseball. Yeah. That, that is, and I, I say this to people all the time. Um, as long as the side hustles, the side hustle, it has to be the side hustle. Even if it can be more lucrative at a certain point, the main hustle is there still. So that's the one thing to me. But one of the things that I would like to do in terms of growing this, in terms of how many to do and all that is, is I want to get to a point where I could show up and we're in, we're in Cleveland or, or, or we're in Chicago, we're in Minneapolis, and maybe I have an opportunity to go speak to, to a company at lunchtime before going to a game right. that yep. night, yep. because I'm already there. You don't have to pay for the travel. Yep. That's going to take some time. I, I did one this year in Atlanta. For J.E. Dunn. Now, there was a great connection with J.E. Dunn based here in right, Kansas yep. City. And so I end up going there and doing a lunchtime event at the J.E. Dunn Atlanta office, one of their biggest in the country. That that makes a lot of sense to me. So that's certainly one of the 
the next steps. But I, I don't have a number. I would like, I would love to be speaking three, four, five days a week, three days, four days a week in the off season because I can. Then it wouldn't be your side hustle anymore, right? Then it would all, it would be your full time hustle. They're, they're, well, but right? yes and no. Yes, and you no. still got to go back to baseball. Well, somebody, somebody said to me recently. They asked the question. They said, "If you had to pick one or the other, what would it be?" And I never in my wildest dreams thought that that would even be a question I would entertain. Because, of course, it's the baseball, right? I mean, that's what I've done forever. It's my dream. It's what I've dreamed of doing since I was 10 years old. But I'll be honest. I'm at a point right now where I don't want to have to pick one over the other. And I don't have to. That's that's the yeah. good news. I, I think picking one over the other might kill the other, though. I mean, and that's one of the things. It's like, if you think they about play it, off each other they do yeah, play I off mean, each other. I mean, and... and and that's a luxury that that that's something that I have that others don't have. Right. You you will never hear me go on television and promote Joel Goldberg Media or the speaking business. I'm not going to say a word about that. They're separate, but yet they intersect all the time. Right. Because if you'd like to have me on the broadcast, I'd be happy to talk about you as a public speaker during the game while wearing a full scale hat. Yeah, but I'll probably will I be on radio or TV? <laughs> well, you do have a face for TV, man. <laughs> yeah, with that full head, TV. with that full head of for hair. TV or for radio. Well, I was trying to be nice. And yeah, say I TV. appreciate that. Uh, no, I was but, going the opposite but, way. But you talk about the things that keep you out there, and that's that's what's important. I was thinking in regards to you know like speaking, like Matt and I decided we didn't want to run full scale, or he didn't want to run Stackify, or any of that because we wanted to just go be speakers. Now, Matt probably could do that he sold a company for an insane amount of money i could probably do that but i would be leaning on different criteria but some of that i mean and you know i think you get to a certain point where you could look at it but the idea you know I, the same thing when i gave a presentation at global entrepreneurship week about podcasting the very first question i asked is said who here wants to start a podcast and have that be how they make a living and about a third of the people raised their hand. And mm -hmm. I said, look, I'm just going to be Here's honest with news, you. Yeah. I'm going to get this out of the way. It's probably not going to happen. Like, and I just, and I mean that because there's a zillion people that'll do it. And the same reason that um, you see a lot of media jobs that, well, you mentioned like, where, where was it in Rhinelander? Mm -hmm. Okay, the thing is, is there's a lot of Rhinelander, Wisconsin's, and there's a lot of people like Bob Fesco was in here talking about driving two and a half hours to broadcast a football game and then well, come back that. and then after pay at, for a $10 paycheck minus taxes. That's right. And and the people that are willing to do that will be the ones that if they stick with it, will will end up getting ahead. But if you're not willing to get, off. if you're not willing to go through that, to make a stop at that station, your train is not going to continue to, to roll on. And so, that applies to all of us. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you guys talk, it's in the intro to, to Matt Watson's success. Well, that didn't happen on day one. Nope. You know, and, and I bet didn't. Nope. so many people forget that part. Well, it's the same thing even with this podcast. I mean, this is same, same be, as your journey, though, too. Be in I mean. the ballpark of 250 episodes when right. this comes out. And like and you know what? We managed to get a little bit of traction in the first couple months. And then, it, it you know, it took work. We even let this thing die at one point and revived it. Look, and 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 with that, I mean, that, that's the thing is building an audience. It's very rare. I've only been around a couple people in all of life that actually did that kind of stuff quickly. So here's here's the last thing well, we well hang on i'm gonna let you do this because we have a new thing because you haven't been back for this we now do the founders freestyle to end so okay. you actually get your own like you can freestyle you can do whatever you want joel which I, is something I, my I, producers always tell me please don't do because it goes too long I and well you can have as much commercial. time as you want no I won't and go we, that suge long. we suggest rapping i i i just or think singing. when you're starting a side hustle whether it's a speaking business or whatever it is one, I mentioned it, the main hustle still has to be a priority because that's what's putting food on the table. And the second that you walk away from that, you better make sure that side hustle can be a main hustle. Uh, but the second thing I would say to that is it has to be something that you're passionate about. If you are looking at it as a way to just make some extra money, that's fine. We, we all have been in situations or are in situations where we need to find a little bit of extra money to, to, to buy those Christmas presents for the kids or for, you know, some event that comes up or something that wasn't planned for i i get that but long term if you want this side hustle to be successful something more than just that's gonna you know bail you out of a tough situation it has to be something that one you're good at and two that you have a passion for and i will say um with complete honesty here right now that when i started this 
I was told it could be a way to make money. And I thought, okay, I, I might be good at this. Sure, I'd love a source to make some extra money. And what I found out over time as I've grown this business and it's it's become much more than I ever expected is that I love doing it. And I'm putting in more time and hours in my off season to something than I've ever done before. I'm working more than I've ever worked before, but I love it. It's fun. And when I get feedback from audiences saying, hey, you you changed you changed my mindset. You, I got an email from a lady after speaking at a conference. I'll wrap it up with this. I got an email. It was an HR conference. And she went there. She emailed me after. And she said, I, I will be honest with you right now and tell you that I came here today or yesterday or whenever she sent me the email with one goal. I'm not happy with my job. And I came there hoping to find the new job. And I didn't. But you know what? You gave me the tools and the motivation to go back to my job and understand that I have a role to play. I'm going to play that role. I understand that I have a purpose. And until I move on somewhere else, I'm going to do this with a better attitude. And I want to thank you for that. And that was all I needed to hear to think, wow, I, I think I just helped somebody. And so that's become a passion of mine to be able to take, you know, a lifetime's worth of baseball and sports and turn that around and repurpose it into something that can help make people's lives better. Speaking of great attitudes, do you have anything to add to that, Mr. Watson? Yeah, I was going to say speaking in general is a, a really uh, powerful thing that a founder or CEO needs to be good at. And depending on the type of business and industry you're in can be really beneficial to the company. You know, what what you're doing, Joel, is kind of your own your own business. But uh, think about it from like StackFi. It's, it's mm -hmm. a marketing channel for us or the lady we had on that did hair art. Yeah, know, she is sure. the industry expert at that, yep. and she can go to conferences and events. Everybody wants to see her talk. They want to see her speak because she's the expert at it, and they may even pay her. But if they don't pay her, she's able to sell mm -hmm. you know, and promote her product, right? And so doing speaking and this kind of stuff is its own marketing channel. Even if you're not getting paid for it, you can use it to sell and represent your company, promote your company, sell your book, whatever it is, right? No, so. no better representative of Stackify than the CEO of Stackify. I hope so. So, well, so if you're comfortable as a speaker or you become comfortable as a speaker, that becomes extremely effective. If you don't, fine. But if you do, look at how much further that potentially yeah, takes the it's, company. It's a branding opportunity. Yes. By the way, be, being third every or fourth every episode for the Founders Freestyle is kind of like bat and cleanup. You know, because you're the you closer let, again. You let every no, you get let everyone get on base, and then pretty much any a single will drive in runs. My home run makes you look like like a hero. But Don't try to swing for the fences. A single often turns turns into that grand slam. No, I always swing for the fences. I know you do, and I strike out a lot because of it. But okay. oh well. Now, I mean, I think you guys both said it really well. Um, Hey, you got to be passionate. If you're not passionate about what you're speaking about, you're in trouble. Yeah, People absolutely. are going to figure that out. And then I think the main thing is, is, you know, even though the topic was starting the speaking business, um, the part of uh, starting the speaking business is to get your message out there. Like Matt said, it's not always about getting paid an appearance fee. It's about what kind of positive exposure. And then, you know, every time I speak to people or do anything like that, even including recording this podcast, I learned something. That's right. Like you learn some really interesting stuff about yourself and your own business talking about it. And, and I think that as well as if anything, and there are so many intangibles that you can't track a return on your effort. You talk about changing people's lives. And, and it, like I enjoy that with the podcast because there's someone out there somewhere in the 190 countries that have listened to this that didn't do something that was going to really not go well. Mm -hmm because they heard something or someone on this podcast talk about it and then they thought about it and you can't judge that is technically changing someone's life and you can't you can't measure or or really gauge a return on that you just need to kind of get out there and do it and i think and then the final thing when it comes to speaking like i think it's fun it is i think it's fun to share your story and tell people about you know what you're doing and you know the it's it's funny because i've talked to to rock stars before and i said when did you know that you were onto something and they'd say when we could tell people we're finally paying attention because hmm. you think about it, you're playing at like a shitty bar and everyone's right. like trying to pick up <laughs> chicks and no one's paying attention to the band and then one day they are and it's the same way with your speaking, like, a, like work on it. It's like anything else. You have to practice it, get smooth with it. Joel mentioned earlier, like refining the approach. And, and, you know, like the, the, I've talked to people that have, have done this at for a career and they have, 
they can they can shape that speech into any amount of time. By the way, the speech that I got paid to do was supposed to be an hour, and they were running way behind, and I had to trim it down to forty minutes, mm-hmm. which is a tough like last minute ask. It is when you're trying to be in a specific spot until you do it over and over again, and then you've been in that situation. Yeah. And you say, "Oh, I've been there before. I can do yep. that." Yep, and then you have a response. You got to be prepared. There's a lot to it, but. Um, you know, you just got to get out there and do it. Once again, go to joelgoldbergmedia.com. You can reach out to Joel. You can book him to come speak for anything about anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm Joel's not also come out an there expert and, on hair art. I'm not, I'm not going to come out there and teach you how to develop <laughs> software. Sure. You are. I'm not going to come out there and teach you how to dye your hair because I haven't figured that out yet either. Well, if that's you, always fun, by the way, over the years, they used to have me do these, um, uh, what was it? Um, the not hair club for men, but um, just for men or whatever it was. That was just a part of the contract they had on TV. And I'm like, I'm doing this read here about a product to dye your hair, and clearly I'm not using it. <laughs> By the way, it was funny when I went to get the a- athletes. As I'd be reading that live, the athletes would be looking at me like, "Wait, why are you reading this?" Because I had to. <laughs> it's kind of like when you write a book about perf- personal, professional, and physical, and then you let yourself get fat. You're like, yeah, yeah I'm a yeah. walking, I'm a walking example for that. I am well, that. anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and end this episode and I'm going to go maybe give a speech somewhere. See you All guys right. next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.